Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit has placed on his heart for this moment. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. Join us each week, wherever you get your podcasts, to find strength, hope, and courage for the Christian journey. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Dear brothers and sisters, Ralph Martin here. I'm president of Renewal Ministries. You can see all the things we're doing to try to help strengthen the church and bring people to Christ by going to our website, renewalministries.net. Uh, the only way we're able to continue doing this work is if you support us. And so you'll see an opportunity to do that on our website. And uh, I'd like to talk today, though, about something I really found quite startling maybe even shocking. I read a speech that Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, gave recently, and it was uh, recorded and posted uh, with an English translation on a Russian government website and uh, picked up here in the United States by the Daily Wire. And uh, here we have the president of Russia telling us that we're trying to do something that the communists tried to do for 70 years, and it was an actual absolute disaster. And here we go. We're doing it again. It's Marxism under a different name coming into the West. So let me read what he says, and I'll offer a few comments on it, what we can do to resist it. He says, we see with bemusement the paralysis unfolding and countries that have grown accustomed to viewing themselves as the flagships of progress, progressives. Of course, it's none of our business what's happening, the social and cultural shocks that are happening in the Western countries. Some believe that aggressively blotting out whole pages of your own history, the affirmative action in the interests of minorities and the requirement to renounce the traditional interpretation of such basic values as mother, father, family, and the distinction between sexes are a milestone or renewal of society. It says the overwhelming majority of Russian society rejected these new ways of thinking. The preparedness of so-called social progress believe that bringing a new conscious or a new consciousness to humanity is something more correct. But there's one thing I'd like to say. This is a little rough translation. If I were putting it into perfect English, I'd improve it, but I don't think I should. This is the transcription that was officially posted. The recipes they come up with are nothing new. Paradoxical as it may seem, this is something we saw in Russia. It happened in our country both before and after the 1917 revolution. The Bolsheviks followed the dogmas of Marx and Engels, and they declared that they would change traditional lifestyles, the political, the economic lifestyle, as well as the very notion of morality, the basic principles for a healthy society. They were trying to destroy age-old and century-long values, revisiting the relationship between people. They were encouraging people to inform on one's own family members on one's own spouses. It was hailed as the March of Progress. And it was very popular across the world and it was supported by many, as we see, it is happening 
right now. Incidentally, the Bolsheviks were absolutely intolerant of other opinions different from their own. I think this should remind you of something that's happening. And we see what is happening in the Western countries. It's with puzzlement that we see the practices Russia used to have and that we left behind. The fight for equality against discrimination turns into an aggressive dogmatism on the brink of absurdity when great authors of the past, such as Shakespeare, are no longer taught in schools and universities because they declare them as backward classics that did not understand the importance of gender or race. In Hollywood, there are rules reminding what you should do in the cinema, in the films, how many personalities and actors you've got to have, what kind of color, what sex, and sometimes it's even tighter and stricter than what the Department of Propaganda of the Soviet Communist Party Central Committee did. And the fight against racism, which is a lofty goal, turns into a new culture, cancel culture, and into reverse discrimination, racism on the obverse, and it tears people apart. Whereas the true fighters for civil rights, they were trying to eliminate those differences. I asked my colleagues to find this quote from Martin Luther King, and he said, quote, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's a true value. You know, the Bolsheviks were speaking about nationalizing not just the property, but also women. The proponents of new approaches go so far as they want to eliminate the whole notion of men and women. And those who dare say that men and women exist, and this is a biological fact, they're all but banished. Instead, we have parent number one, parent number two, or the parent that has given birth. Or instead of breast milk, you say human milk. And you say all of that so the people who are not sure of their sexual identity are not unhappy. There are some monstrous things when from a very young age, you teach to children that a boy can easily become a girl and you impose on them this selection, this choice. You push the parents aside and make the child take this decision that could destroy their lives. And if we call a spade a spade, this is close to being a crime against humanity and all of that under the banner of progress. And this is happening right now. I, I have to tell you, I, I was really astounded to find this speech from Putin. And I'm not canonizing Putin. I know he claims to be a Christian. I don't know what he's living it like in his personal lives. I know he's had a divorce. Uh, I, I know some of his government policies and some of the way he treats opponents allegedly uh, is pretty bad. Uh, so I'm not canonizing him. But here's someone who lived through the disaster of Soviet communism and knows that we can't go back that way and that destroying traditional values, denying uh, traditional values, denying our culture, denying the very existence of male and female identity, uh, imposing on children choices about gender, which is just crazy. He says this is very close to a crime against humanity, and it really is but it's got incredible power right now. I was just asked to do a, a video the other day for people in Lithuania 
The reason why they asked that is because they they read my new book, uh, Church in Crises, Pathways Forward, and they said, this is coming to Lithuania in a powerful form. The whole woke culture from the West is being, the, the phrase they use, they said, it's like a bulldozer's coming and clearing out of everything out of the way that opposes it, bringing in an ideology that uh, threatens to crush Christ and the church, not to mention the very basics of family and, and marriage and the traditional approach to sexuality. They said, we need to raise the alarm here. We need to wake up Lithuanian Catholics and help them understand what's happening. So um, in this, I'm giving a series of talks. I gave the first one the other day. But one of the things that, that really it reminded me of is the spiritual power behind this. This is not just political parties and international foundations and international agencies. This is not George Soros and Jeffrey Sachs and all the other characters that are working to co-opt the blessing of the church uh, for a global reset. Uh, all those things are being used. I have a chapter here in the book called Powers, Principalities, and Organizations. The powers and principalities, the demonic spirits work through people, work through organizations, work through Planned Parenthood, work through political parties, work through individuals, work through financial pressure. They, they use all these as instruments, but what's really behind this is an incredible hatred for Christ and the church. It's an incredible rebellion against God himself. It's, it's, it's the voice of the devil again saying, I will not serve. I'd rather be Lord in hell than to serve in heaven. And, and this is what Pope Benedict, shortly after he resigned, identified very, very clearly. Uh, it's, it's remarkable the commonality between the warning of Pope Benedict and the warning of Vladimir Putin. This is in page 253 of my book. It's in that chapter called Powers, Principalities, and Organizations. Pope Benedict says, 100 years ago, everybody would have considered it to be absurd to speak of a homosexual marriage. Today, one is being excommunicated by society if one opposes it. The same applies to abortion and to the creation of human beings in the laboratory. And do we ever have a battle going on right now in the Catholic Church about how to deal with people who claim to be good Catholics and yet are doing all they can to get more babies killed in the womb? I don't see how it's possible for us that for the bishops to remain silent about this. I, I don't understand ambiguity and confusing statements coming out of Rome. I don't understand why it isn't crystal clear that that a Catholic who claims to be a good Catholic, yet he's doing everything he can to uh, further abortion, which is killing babies, uh, isn't in grave disagreement with the teachings of Jesus and the church and certainly should not be presenting themselves for Holy Communion. I don't know why there's so much reluctance to call a spade a spade. Vladimir Putin called a spade a spade. We need a lot more of our Catholic bishops to call a spade a spade, just like Pope Benedict is doing here, just like he did on this particular issue. 100 years ago, he said, everybody would have considered to be absurd to speak of a homosexual marriage. Today, one is being excommunicated by society if one opposes it. The same applies to abortion and to the creation of human beings in the laboratory. 
Modern society is in the middle of formulating an anti-Christian creed. And if one opposes it, one is being punished by society with excommunication. The fear of the spiritual power of the Antichrist is understandable. It's natural. But it really needs the help of prayers on the part of an entire diocese and of the universal church in order to resist it. We're in a spiritual battle. There's many, many warnings, many, many indicators of this. The oppression is getting stronger. The hatred for those who oppose it is getting stronger. The penalties and punishment we're reading about every day, people losing their jobs or being fired or whatever for, for opposing uh, really totalitarian measures. What are we going to do? we got to be really clear about our own relationship with the Lord. we got to really make sure we're not compromising ourselves. we got to make really clear that we accept the full teaching of Jesus as it comes to us in the scripture, the tradition of the church. As we find it in the catechism of the Catholic Church, it's all there. And it's all there clearly. And there's a lot of people not shouting it from the rooftops. There's a lot of people not a lot of people fudging about it. A lot of people wishing it wasn't there. A lot of people wanting to make changes in. A lot of people wanting to accommodate to the culture. But we can't go there or we're going to find ourselves betraying Christ. And Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you before my Father in heaven. Why? Because the lifeline, the lifeline to the human race is, is Jesus. The, the pathway back to paradise is through Jesus. And if we deny Jesus, we're cutting ourselves and others off from the pathway to eternal life. That's a very, very serious thing. That's a very, very grave sin. So what do we got to do? We got to follow the instructions that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter 6 when he talks about the powers and principalities, which we can apply to the power of the Antichrist himself. He says, you got to put on the spiritual armor. You got to put on the helmet of salvation. You got to really have, have given yourself fully to Jesus Christ and ask for the forgiveness of your sins and place yourself in union with his body and blood in the church. Uh, you really have to put on a breastplate of righteousness. You have to really take seriously the Lord's command. You must be holy because I am holy. Or you need to take seriously what scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12. Strive for that holiness without which nobody will see the Lord. If you want to be in heaven, you got to strive for holiness. you got to get serious about it. you got to take seriously the word of Jesus, that if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better to enter the kingdom without an eye and without a, without a hand than to go down to hell with an intact body. Uh, Jesus is asking to us to make him the radical priority of our life and to do whatever we need to do to break with sin, to break with serious sin and to plant ourselves firmly with two feet in the kingdom. And then he talks about the shield of faith. And this is so important. The shield of faith has two dimensions. First of all, faith, trust, surrender to the person of Jesus Christ. I love him. He is the Lord. He is the bridegroom. Uh, He is the savior. He's been sent by the father. He's been willing to take upon himself the the horrible hatred and sin and rebellion and torture of the world on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven, so that 
the gate of heaven can be opened again for us. And if we just cling to him and pay attention to him and obey him and follow him and, and draw our strength from him in the sacraments of the Catholic Church, we'll be there. So faith is, first of all, trustful surrender. But secondly, it's giving assent to the revealed truths that Jesus reveals to us. You know, Jesus says, if you love me, do what I'm asking you to do. How do we know what Jesus is asking us to do? We treasure the, the, the memory, the accurate recording of his words and deeds that we have in sacred scripture, and we do have them. We need to recover our confidence in sacred scripture. You've heard me speak about this many times. It's super important. We need to take seriously what the Catholic Church says about how we should approach sacred scripture in the Constitution of Sacred Revelation uh, from Vatican II, uh, Section 11. It says, everything asserted by the sacred author should be considered to be asserted by the Holy Spirit and to teach firmly, faithfully, and without error those truths which God wished to consign to the sacred writings for the sake of our salvation. We need to take so seriously the teachings of Jesus. We need to take so seriously the apostolic writings, the reliable witness of people who knew and heard Jesus and passed it on. Just super important. Because what does the shield of faith do? It extinguishes the fiery darts of the evil one. All day long, the devil is firing darts into our soul, our mind, our emotions, our memories, trying to encourage us to give in to uh, the residue of original sin, those disordered desires that lead us to, to sin. Uh, every day, the devil's putting fiery darts into us, encouraging us to go along with the culture to uh, give up the old-fashioned approach of being a Christian and, and, and get on the right side of history. Of course, anybody that's trying to get on the right side of history today is going to go over the cliff because the only way of being on the right side of history is to be found in Jesus Christ when he returns in glory to judge the living and the dead because that's what it means to be on the right side of history. Being on the right side of history is being the right side of God. It's being in Jesus and following his disciple and holding on and persevering till the end. And then another aspect of the spiritual armor is the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is evangelization. How, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We need to care about the salvation of others. We need to know this power in the word of God, this power in our testimony to our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and we just need to look for every opportunity to alert people, to wake people up, to save people from the incredible bulldozers that's coming to push them into disaster, to push them over the cliff by believing the woke ideology and giving into fear and betraying Jesus. We just can't do that. And this all relates back, and it's very, very relatable to what Putin is saying, what Benedict XVI is saying. Mary came to earth. The mother of Jesus came to earth in 1917, just when the revolution in Russia was happening, just when maybe 10,000 committed Bolshevik communists, that's all there was, took power in Russia and began to eliminate opposition in a totally brutal way and began to establish a totalitarian dictatorship and try to extend it to the world. And at one point, if you looked at a map of the world, a huge segment of the world was under godless 
communism, and that's what it is. It's explicitly constructed by denying the existence of God, the will of God, the Ten Commandments. And it's a very, very wicked, very, very evil rebellion. But it's the same spirit. It's the same presuppositions. It's the same principles that driving woke culture today. And unfortunately, the Catholic Church is sort of betwixt and between. It's paralyzed. It's befuddled. It can't speak clearly. Fortunately, there are voices there and here and there which are speaking clearly. But we need to wake up the Catholic people. They need to get into the kind of relationship with the Lord that will protect them from being swept away by the culture. And they need to have the spiritual armor on because we're dealing with supernatural powers. Benedict even says it's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's, it's wicked, it's evil, and we need to join the resistance. You know, scripture says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We need to actively resist the temptations of the devil. We need to actively resist the lies of the devil. We need to pay attention to all the warnings in sacred scripture about don't be deceived by false teachers and false preachers and false prophets, but hold on to what's been given to us, uh, what's been revealed to us in sacred scripture, that what's been safeguarded and interpreted properly over the course of the centuries in sacred tradition, and what we have today in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, but it's all about being a friend to and being faithful to Jesus and everything he teaches in the church he founded. God bless you. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.